Now on Giddy Up, it's time for Stable Mail. Oh, now, for the first time in 2024, our first guest, well, he has the celerity of a Tom Kitten, and he's given up his time on a Thursday morning because he's a busy man as we try and go exploring and find his in secrets on this Thursday morning the yearly, that he usually only tells his barber. I speak of James Cummings, who joins us on this Thursday morning. Hello to you, James, or his driver, for that matter. Morning, Gareth. How are you? I am very well. How's your 2024 been? It's an exciting time of year with a host of your superstars trialling and now heading to the races for their first up appearances. It's been, uh, it's been good. It's promising. And uh, you'll you, you just have to forgive me a little bit if the reception drops in and out. We are out on the land. Yes. I'm prepared. We're ready to go through the horses when you are. All right, then. Beautiful. We might start off in Sydney with Celerity, who caused a little bit of mayhem there last week. Um, she come through that experience okay? Yeah, she, she has. And uh, look, that was unfortunate and it didn't quite go her way. But the pony will stick to her like glue this weekend. And, and hopefully she's uh, able to keep her back down and get the little things right before the start, so that she gives herself every opportunity of um, fulfilling some potential. James McDonald says he was a little bit disappointed because he was eager to, to ride her in a race like that. How good is she, James? She's beautifully bred. And I remember her mum, she was very good in WA. Yeah, Western Australian family. Yes. Uh, she's by Sydney Excel. She's got, uh, she's got plenty of natural pace, um, a good turn of foot, and... Uh, and, and she's got she's got some promise. She has to do it on race day. She has to put it all together. But um, but it'll be interesting to see how she goes if we line up in this uh, we line up in this long road plate where there, there will naturally be a little bit of pace on, and it might get a little bit sticky there with quick five furlong horses. Uh, so she'll need to she'll need to be uh, on her on her game and. At a pretty good level in a stakes race on debut. Talking about Lonro, you've got a Lonro filly engaged in the Lonro plate in Turbinado. What can you tell us about her? She's at a big price here on debut. Yeah, she's only a, a, a petite filly. Um, small in stature, but she's got plenty of natural pace about her. Um, and I could see her running a very good race on debut. My form guru tells me you love this race, the Eskimo Prince, and I went back through the history. You won three of the last six, and all of those winners have come off the one trial, and that's what Tom Kitten's doing tomorrow. Is 1,200 metres too short for him, or can he sprint quick enough to defeat a field like this? Well, look, Tom Kitten won a, an up-and-coming over 1,300 metres first up last preparation. He gave, uh, he gave weight away in that handicap. And so whilst, he, whilst he's being asked to give weight away again uh, in the Eskimo Prince, he might, he might still be a, a capable of doing it. I think the horse will run very well, fresh up. Six furlongs is obviously short of his best. But I think he'll, he'll, run, he'll run well enough to give them a scare. And if the race just evolves uh, in such a way that it's in his favour, well, he, he's, still, he's still a winning chance. But he's going to improve enormously from the run. We're looking forward to kicking off his, getting his preparation underway. He kicks off in the Eskimo Prince, which is a time-honoured race, but it should continue to set him up for the rest of his campaign. What's his big grand final this time in there, James? Well, he might be a derby horse. Yeah, I think he might. Yep. We will, uh, we will, as we as we do every year, we'll progress to the 
around with guineas. It can be a fork in the road race for horses, and uh, and we'll we'll proceed from there. But um, he might be yeah, he might be a derby horse, Tom. Mm. Um, Barber had a few cancellations as he headed to the races during the spring. Will he start this preparation first up tomorrow or Saturday there in the eighth race over the thousand metres at Royal Randwick? Yeah, we. I think we need to get. I think we need to get Barber going. Yes. And, uh, and he look, he's drawn a nice gate. He's um, got to this race pretty quickly, but he's come to hand nicely this preparation. Hopefully, the uh, beginning of this prep is. He's far smoother than it was last time, where he had to chop and change a bit there with a few with a few options, and uh, and it'll give us a bit of an idea too about exactly where we're at because if Barber can't be competitive against these older horses here in the, in this five furlong handicap, well, <clears throat> more difficult handicaps later down the track will be beyond his reach. So this is a this is a litmus test for Barber that uh, that we'd like to think and um, he he ought to be capable. Of, uh, of, of of passing. I had a mate who knew a mate who knew another mate that caught up with one of your staff, I would imagine, at Osborne Park, telling us that Reynoso's been working the house down this son of Exceed in Excel. Is that whispered true, James? Uh, look, Reynoso's training well. Yes. Uh, Reynoso's training well. Um, uh, I've seen horses training better. Okay. <laughs> but but uh, I, hope, I hope your man's a good judge. Yep. A friend of a friend of a friend. Um, <laughs> either, either the information could be heavily watered down, yes, or it, um, or it, or it could be um, greatly exaggerated. But that's all right. Renosu has intended to need the run first up in the past, uh, but he's going. Look, he's going all right, and uh, it'll be good to get him back to the races. He's he's um, he's going to improve a lot out of this run first up. Is my is my expectation. What about Marquez? How's he come back? I think he's an exciting galloper. Well, exciting um, stayer in the, the making. Um, your thoughts about his chances? First up over 1,600 metres. Well, there's a, there's a bit of a tip around for a few horses in this race. Yes. But, um, but I, can't, I, I, can't say, um, I can't say anything negative about Marquez. We're delighted with the way he's training. Uh, he's, he's come back in, in good order. He's, he's working in machine-like fashion. And he uh, gets the benefit of, uh, of being perfectly in the handicap at 52 kilos in this race. So even though even though there's a, you know there's good talk around for you know, horses like uh, Dye Mill and uh, More Victorious and Floating, I, I can mm. I can just see Marquez getting a good run in the race, conserving energy, and whilst he is uh, being asked for a bit of an effort here, a first up over a mile. I'd like to think that that suits Marquez because he's a, he's a natural middle distance horse, and he should be able to travel at his own pace, um, and be ready to run a very good race here, particularly with only 52 kilos on his back, and the track that he, you know, the track that he's going to run a good race. Doesn't just that ruin your day if you got a big tip and you think you're home in race nine, and then James on Giddy Up says Marquez is working like a machine. So there you go. You might have to put that into it. Your Quinella with the horse that you like, or the the tip that you might be getting in that ninth race. Let's go to Caulfield on a Saturday afternoon. Pericles in the CFO Stakes. Boy, James, I got excited about his trial. Is he going well enough to defeat the superstar and Mr. Brightside first up over the fourteen hundred meters? Well, his, his trial was very good, and his form from last preparation is excellent. Uh, 
I, I'd say, I'd say it's a big step to be, you know, to be declaring in uh, a certainty to be beating Mr. Brightside. So there's cert I'm certainly falling short of that. But I think Pericles is ready to run very well. Um, the old, you know, the, the old warrior, Mr. Brightside. You know, he's he's already at that level, and Pericles hasn't got there yet. He's coming out of a strong golden eagle, but it's still a restricted race to four-year-olds. Uh, so, you know, hopefully Pericles is ready to make that step this campaign. Um, tackling weight-for-age horses is is not easy. Uh, Bart used to say that weight-for-age is weight-for-age. Yes. And, uh, and so we'll certainly be learning a little bit about Pericles there on the weekend. Um, it's an excellent race for him to kick it off in. Um, a very interesting three-year-old in the same event, V8. Uh, and not to mention the good mares that are going well at Tissue prior to Jenny and the track specialist there. And mm -hmm. So uh, it's an excellent an excellent race, but Pericles will run well. There's no doubt about that in my mind. He's going to kick off his preparation in good style. We've seen a few of the horses come back or heading to the trials ahead of their summer slash autumn preparations. What do you see different in your horses, save and for the, for the racing fans out there, the difference when we analyse these gallopers heading into a spring campaign compared to an autumn campaign, James? Well, the um, horses, when they come into the spring carnival, if they, you know, it's a, it's a much, there's a much bigger gap between the autumn and the spring mm. compared to the, uh, the spring going into the autumn. Um, and it, you know, it's a lot colder weather um, heading into the spring carnival because you really kick off in about August and it's still, for, you know, it's still, as you would know, it's freezing. Yeah. And, uh, and so the horses, just, you know, they can just take a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, our horses are pretty forward. Um, they're in good condition. And after only having short let-ups from their last campaign, they, uh, they're ready to continue on with their season and, uh, and they hit the ground running. So that should bode well for our, our, uh, for, for our team. And, uh, and they... They really do need to get going, so we're looking forward to this weekend as a starting point and the next few weekends ahead. All right, then just quickly in the Rubiton States, can Sapateo dance um, to victory there? And Kalos has also got a wide gate to contend with. Your thoughts there? Look, it's a hard race there, you know, particularly with you know, a mare like Asfura, who's um, so, so beautifully mm. suited there at set weights and penalties. But, um, but, but Kalos, is, Kalos is going... Um, better than you might think, and Zapatero should get a lovely run here in this race. So I could imagine, uh, I could imagine you're going to see a good. I think you're going to see a very good run from Zapatero on the weekend. Okay. And Kalos, it wouldn't shock me if he was, um, if he was at least looking like a, looking like a uh, one of the main dangers with 250 to go. I was looking forward to seeing. Shaken in the Peter Legrand Stakes, um, but she doesn't make her way to Melbourne. But exploring does. Your other three-year-old filly will be second up there on Saturday. Your thoughts there? Yeah, look, I think exploring can improve vastly on yes. what she showed first up. She was um, not only in need of the run, but she just was a little bit strong within herself. and didn't conserve energy as well as we would have liked. Um, I lo I've loved her work since then, and... And so that's and so that's our expectation with exploring. Shaken, we're just going to save for another day. I was wasn't delighted with her um, um, just before acceptance of there. So we'll be patient with that filly, and she's um, 
and she's one to you know keep watching, keep following because uh, she is a very promising filly. I think you're quite right to be looking forward to her. And it was an interesting Monday morning at the trials in secret. I thought trialed really nicely, and the other side, the other side of the country, but further down south, and Peritrees probably was a little bit underwhelming when you looked at her trial and. Um, the market's changed a little bit now for the Lightning Stakes in just over a week's time when In Secret has another chance to have a crack at Imperatrice. Um, are you happy with your mare heading towards the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes? Yeah, I, I, I like In Secret's trial. I thought she was yep. held together and, uh, and she motored through the line nicely. Uh, interestingly, we've, uh, we've, we've got Cylinder engaged for a, a trial tomorrow okay. at Flemington and... Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's going to be in the nominations for the Lightning, uh, but we've got a yeah we've got a team assembling for the for the Autumn Carnival, and you know they're all you know a lot of them are they're worthwhile looking forward to. So we're, we're focusing at the moment on getting them into into gear, and look, it'll be a very interesting few months ahead. I saw the driver I think driving around with a new car with the Animo number plates. Was that him, James? Can you confirm or deny those rumours? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, I did hear about this. I did hear about this. Um, <laughs> this, this Porsche. Yes, it was a Porsche. <laughs> I did hear about the Porsche, and I, I tipped my hat. I tipped my hat to the fellow. Yep, yep. There's a car driving around Sydney. I think at the moment, it's a beautiful looking Porsche. Porsche, and um, whoever owns it must have backed Animo throughout his illustrious career, and he's got the Animo number plate. So. I think it's got Queensland plates. Oh, Queensland plates. There you go. And the Sunshine State. He had fans all over the over the world, really. Um, is, is a driver, he's back from his injury, a long layoff. The text messages are flowing through. Is he there today, James? We just want one from him. Just one. Surely. He's, they, they tell me he's had the clock watch out at Osmond Park. He's been listening to Dominic Byrne. He's a little upset that James McDonald has hurt his toe again. So we have replacement riders, but I think Hippo, for instance, can do the job on Tom Kitten. Um, has he got one for us? Yeah, Gareth. Hello, driver. Great to be back uh, in 2024. Oh, it's like a jar of sunshine <laughs> hearing your voice, Gareth. <laughs> the people's Beautiful. champ. Do you know what? I spent a lot of time trying to, you know, do something a little bit different, organise a bit of a poem to start off the day with the names from Cadolphin because I know the la- lo- lovely lady there at Cadolphin puts in a lot of time in naming those horses. But I was a little bit underwhelmed by James's response. Um, yes, yeah. candid. Yes. <laughs> who's your be- who's your best um, driver? Well, I'm, I'm gonna. There's no play on words here, but I'm gonna gonna. Suggest your uh, listeners have something on Barber. Yes. And and if he doesn't perform on the first up or the second up, then he's he'll probably have to give himself a snip. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, the, the only way Barber will uh, yes. <laughs> un- unleash all that potential that he's got. He's yes. a couple of stone lighter, you know. That was the problem with you, especially back in your days in New York. They tell me, driver. So um. Oh. Hey, just, just quickly, just quickly, um, just before James leaves you, and I know you're a busy man, who's the best two-year-old that you've seen at Osborne Park? Um, have you found another cylinder for us? That's what I'm trying to get at. I, I might have, but he's unnamed as yet. Okay, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I can't tell you who yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, you, you, keep us, you, you make sure you keep us in mind when you find out that name. Hey, lads, it's always a pleasure. Safe trip to Osborne Park. 
Um, yeah, we, I know that you two are very busy, but we do appreciate your time and, um, yeah, good luck this weekend. All right, Gareth. Very good. Thank you, James. Thank you, driver. It's 8.21. This is Giddy Up Stable Mail. Always great to catch up with our next guest, Paul Snowden. Waterhouse and Bot might have thrown a few early punches in the um, start of the two-year-old season. We're getting deeper into the two-year-old season, but the Snowdens might have the last punch when we get to the Blue Diamond and even the, the Golden Slipper because they're producing some nice two-year-olds week in, week out. And Paul Snowden joins us now. Good morning, Paul. Good mate. Good mate. Hi, Octane. He only had the one trial before his impressive preview victory a few weeks back. How much has he improved since heading towards the prelude? Yeah, fair bit. Um, that was, you know, we pretty uh, well documented before he ran that he had a lot of improvement to come. Um, but just his ability, ability alone was certainly going to take him a long way to winning the preview, which it did. And um, knowing sort of where he is, Physically, um, you know, he's taken that necessary steps leading towards the, the pre, uh, prelude on Saturday. So, yeah, very happy with it. Are you happy with gate one? Um, yeah, it's better than better than double digits. So, yes. look, he, he can completely different uh, shape of the race this week um, than what it was, you know, 10, 12 days ago. Um, it's just a completely different ball game. So, this horse can, he's very versatile. He can take up a spot. You know, we can, we can sort of get back off, off really good tempo and no doubt the diamond pitch is going to, you know, shape itself after the weekend and it's a completely different race in another fortnight after that. So, uh, but he's got that versatility that he can, he can sort of take up a, a spot when needed. Now, punters can't split high octane and bodyguard. I'm listening to Mark Sarr. I don't know if he had his choice that he would be probably, I know that he was booked nice and early for bodyguard um, in his preparation, but... I don't know if he would be picking high octane instead of bodyguard. Um, can you split your two colts? Well, that's the thing. Like bodyguard's already gone to a, a listed level and won very convincingly, albeit early on in the, in the yeah. year. Um, or late last year, sorry. But um, you know, he's a very quali- uh, high quality colt who's always possessed a, a loads of ability to see him do that. His first start was certainly not any surprise to us. Um, and again, he's taken that necessary jump sort of, you know, matured and improved physically and mentally. He's just, he's just been a very cool customer. And you see him walking around there like a panther on Saturday. He just takes it all in and just, um, it's, he's just got a very good head on his shoulders. Um, the other horse, he's still got to get there. He, he's, he's run, run, run a bit at the moment, which, um, you know, we're, we're looking to build on uh, what, what he's done, that, that initial start. So, yeah, it's two different type of horses. Um, very exciting. Do both go to the Blue Diamond after this? Potentially, as long as they run well and just yep. tick a box, that's that's all they've got to do now. Just keep lifting that level and just keep improving with one run to the next. And we see that we've in the the two year old season horses like a bodyguard that might have started nice and early in the two year old season, then they've had a bit of a break. They've been able to come back better horses. Um, is that much of an advantage that bodyguard might have over high octane? Is doing all of this in his first prep? That's that's exactly 100% nail on the head stuff. That's that's what it is. So they just they're, they're a bit more seasoned. They're a bit more you know exposed to that pressure. Um, you know this bloke's come through his initial start and he's 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 thriving. That's that's a very good sign. But I think I mentioned to some uh, a reporter a while back. This is only probably Crystal Lily's the only one I've seen yeah. sort of go right through on one first preparation. It can happen, but it doesn't happen often. 
you got a couple of nice chances and they're making their debut in the Lonro Plate, the other two-year-old race. Uh, well, it's the only two-year-old race in Sydney on Saturday. You've got Embassy, um, that is an each-way price. Kingdom Under Siege, another one for Newgate Farm. And also La Roger, who is making its debut as well with Dylan Gibbons aboard. What can you tell us about those youngsters? Yeah, the two Colts, they've been very uh, impressive in their trials. They do everything right. They're very uh, switched on. Nice Colts who... who um, who possess, uh, you know, a bit of ability. I say, I suggest that, you know, obviously marking the card on the weekend. And like I say, if you can't keep improving and lifting the bar from one run to the next, you're probably heading towards the paddock because that's what you sort of need to do. And there's no doubt they'll run well. Uh, they've drawn well, both of those boys, and I think they can run well. The filly, LaRojo, she's um, she's a very classy filly. Um, the price is not correct. I think she should be a lot better in the market than what she is because I think she'll run quite well. But... She's one that was probably going to look after a fair bit. I think there's a lot of potential um, for later on with her. And albeit whatever she does, win or draw, I doubt whether she'll play on this um, campaign. She might, we might put her out and really look after her because I think she's got a a good bit of ability uh, and there's certainly plenty there. Who's your best on Saturday, mate? Oh, as long as they run well, I think yeah. um, you know we're looking towards the two boys down there, obviously um, in Melbourne. If they can assert themselves and, and, you know, prove hard to beat in the fortnight, that's what we're looking for towards the Group 1. You mentioned Ado earlier in the lead-up to this interview. He's, yes, I think he sent him down that filly that won quite impressive last Saturday. So it's really taken shape and no doubt we'll know a lot more after the weekend. Um, impulsivity. Can that Galloper win again in uh, the, what, fourth race at Wong today? Yeah, she was she was um, quite impressive the way she handled herself the other day at Kembla and she won well. Doesn't surprise me to see you train on. She's training lovely and, and I expect a forward run today. Always a pleasure, mate. Thanks for, very much for that insight and good luck over the weekend, especially with those Colts in Melbourne nope. for the Pro Youth. Thanks, mate. JD Hayes, part of the Lindsay Park team. Hello to you, JD. Good morning. Morning, Gareth. How are you? I am well. Bista Brightside finished fifth and it was a good run this time last year in the CFL Stakes. It's a strong argument to say that this isn't. It's a little bit weaker this year in the, the CFL stakes, even though you've got a few X factors like a V8. Um, but we saw him last preparation in the spring. He just came out firing when he dominated those group ones there at Caulfield. Um, can you compare him, say, to the this time? Um, can you compare him first up in the spring to what we might see on, on Saturday there at Caulfield in the CFL stakes heading towards the autumn? Yeah, in the spring he was a little bit more forward. Yes. Um, this time going into the autumn, as we do, spring to autumn turnarounds quite quick, and he's got some really big goals ahead of him with the All Star Mile Australian Cup, and hopefully a Queen Elizabeth along those lines. So he's got plenty of improvement in him, Mr. Brightside. It does look like it's going to be a hard run in 14, um, but he's just so consistent, puts up his run, got a beautiful barrier. Um, I'm really excited. I think it's a great race um, just for the racing fans because. You can make a case for a lot of those horses with a run under their belt and are a bit more forward in fitness for this race in particular. So it's going to be a really interesting watch. So $1.85, you're probably suggesting just be a little careful for the putters out there because I would imagine everybody will be putting Brightside into their multis on a Saturday because everybody loves him and you know what you're going to get with him. But um, he might be a little bit different first up this time around compared to last time. Is that your advice? I'd say he's going to run a very similar race to what he did um, last autumn first up where he yep. was 
really, really good. We had a bit of a tricky barrier and had to go concede a lot of ground and he flew home. We've got a better barrier this time, so he shouldn't be anywhere near as far back. So I still think he's going to run a tremendous race, um, but I just know how much improvement he has in him and we couldn't be more pleased with how he's ticked all the boxes coming back. What a horse he is. Each time he, he has returned, he's just... He's probably exceeded expectations. He's won close to $10 million and he dominated the spring and he should have, like, I, I was with Benny, your brother there at the airport going to New Zealand and he showed me the, the replay of where you guys were sitting there on, on Cox Plate Day and it broke my heart once again. It like The, the footies that he showed me looked like you won that Cox Plate by a length and a half. I didn't want to bring uh-huh. it up, but... Um, we booked ourselves into spec savers. So yes. Happen and hopefully he's winning by bigger margins and it's not so close. Yeah. So what a what a horse he's been, mate. So hopefully he's in for another big preparation. Can't wait to see him back on on Saturday. Let's go through a few of the other runners there. Geez, you'd love to own Independent Road as well. He doesn't know how to run a bad race and he goes around in the opening event over the two thousand meters and Port Guillaume. Um, who's been a, an interesting galloper for your stable, is also going around with Harry Coffey aboard. What can you tell us there? Porky Arm had hard to catch, but he's building into a jumps campaign. Um, so it's just another fitness building run. Independent road, you'd love to ride him into war. He'll front up every time for yeah. you. But he's, he's meeting a few opposition here worse at the weights because of, obviously, what he's been able to do, notching a few wins. So um, he's a little bit up against it, but he's he's in super order and um, hopefully he's able to pick up another check for connection. All right, then you've got a couple of interesting runners in the third over the 1,600 metres. We might start with Marble Arch. Um, Mark Sarah replaces Daniel Stackhouse for this son of Pur and Canto. Not a bad riding change there. Um, didn't have much luck the other day, Marble Arch. No luck, and she can't draw a gate. She's always drawing the car park, which um, puts you on a little bit of the back foot. So we're just going to monitor the race right up until scratching, but there's a strong possibility that we might wait. Um, okay. Nice option and Stackhouse rides Jabba what keys? I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, your thoughts there? Yeah, Jabba, he um, he loves a bit of sting out the track. It says he's not going to get that on the weekend, but he's um, he was really good the other day, and uh, he'll run another consistent race. He, might be one to consider for first horse. You got a bit keen, Carbonados, after Luke Curry handed up there the other day and he sat just off them. Um, he gets an inside gate. Will you try and take luck out of the equation and and see if he can lead all of the way here? Absolutely. Um, learned a bit about him last start. Taking fit doesn't suit him. He's a high cruising speed horse and uh, he likes to just flow. So we'll be doing that and hopefully it's a big turnaround in form. But um, Southport Tycoon's coming out of a very hot race and looks for one to beat. But if Carbonados is able to continue, put a line through last start and um, continue on trajectory from what his debut in Australia, um, I think he's going to give Southport Tycoon something to catch oh, anyway. I like that. So Carbonados to say, catch me if you can, the former Kiwi. Loft worked like a champion when I saw him at Flemington before the Melbourne Cup. And unfortunately, Fozzie Kerr and Johnny O'Neill and their team, he went amiss before that cup. He's had a long time off the scene. He's first up on Saturday. I think he's the, one of the most fascinating horses there at Caulfield on Saturday. He goes around the Carline Cup over the 1,600 metres. Your expectations with Loft, JD? Uh, can't thank Connections enough. Ozzy Kerr, Johnny O'Neill, Edmund Lee and everyone involved with him because it's been a long run up into getting him back to the races and he's ticked every box at home. Um, he's shown a bit more speed than just a out-and-out stayer, um, but he is going to find the mile too short. 
his minimum winning distance is 2,800. So he's mm-hmm. probably going to think there's another lap to go when we're crossing the line. Yes. Um, but it's going to really build him and have him where we want. Is he a Sydney Cup horse this time in or Australian Cup horse and give him a light preparation and set him for the, the spring? We're hoping Sydney Cup. That's where we sort of want to end up. All right, then. Um, Bulba Steele, she had a setback in the early part of her preparation. She heads to a Diamond Prelude on Saturday for the Phillies. She was awesome there at the Valley. Can she win first up? I do think so because she's got so much quality about her. Um, she's got terrific gate speed, I think, so she'll be able to negotiate. Um, I think she'll be able to negotiate that wide barrier, no problem. Um, famous last words there, but um, she'll run really well and have her in really, it'll stand her in good stead for the Blue Diamond in a couple of weeks' time. Are you scared of anyone in the Blue Diamond after watching the previews and a few races in Sydney of recent times, or do you think that your filly's right up with them? Oh, and they've got a healthy respect for the opposition. I thought Coleman was very good the other day and Moody's horse um, that was back in the field flying home out of that race that little bro's come out of. So um, I think the Blue Diamond's wide open this year and that's only one form race going into it. So um, hopefully Bob Bastille's able to put her hat in the ring. Um, again, she's already in the betting, but um, hopefully she consolidates the betting and we're going into the Blue Diamond with a, a live chance to go back to back. You haven't much. You haven't had much luck with the barriers on Saturday. You've got Barbie's Fox from a wide gate and the Rubiton Stakes. How is Barbie? Building nicely. This is uh, more or less a pipe. We're going to get her ready. Um, There's a lovely 1400 for her at Caulfield in a couple of weeks' time. What are we punting? Who are we punting on, on Saturday, JD? Oh, it's uh, interesting. It might be a bit of a multi-day. Yeah. Um, with the sort of things left to centre, but I haven't really thought about it too closely. What are you having a punt on, Gareth? Well, I don't know. I want to see Brightside. I'm, I think he'll win at $1.85. I like him. I don't know. Oh, it's a tough one for mine. I think it's nearly just a watch and learn day a little bit. I haven't got – I think a Sphira will win. I think she's a good thing. Um, and maybe into Brightside. He never really lets you down, does he? He never lets you down. I, I'm a bit like you. I'm just still sort of working it out, but I'm, I'm, I will probably talk myself into something come Saturday morning. <laughs> it's good on you, brother. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for your time. See you later. Ready to catch up with Calvin McAvoy for getting up stable mail. Could be a big day for the stable. Calvin, good morning to you. How are you going, Gareth? Is it a good time to get Mr. Brightside first up coming off a spring campaign with V8? He's got that run under his belt heading towards the All Stakes. Mm, I, I look, never can be confident taking on probably arguably one of the or the best horse in the country. But, um, you know, you make a good point. We've got the race fitness on our side. And, um, you know, I, I feel that our horse is going there as, as good as he can be. So I'm confident he'll run a very good race. I reckon if we had an ultimatum, and we had to say, well, V8, you got to run for your life in any race. I reckon a race like this of futurity over the seven furlongs would be his best race. Is 1,400 metres, in your eyes, his best trip? The CF4. CF4 stakes. Or the futurity. The futurity's 1,400, <laughs> isn't it? It is, it is. Yeah, so. yeah look, I think, I, think, I think 1,400 right now is, is perfect for this horse. Um, absolutely. It's, it's hard to sort of, you know, knock him at 1,200. He's done nothing wrong at 1,200 either, but... Everything about him, um, I think, is 1,400. So, yes, I would agree. All right, then. Ultimatum. We've had a few of them over our time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are you happy with her heading towards the Blue Diamond Prelude? Yeah, very much so. He's gonna Look, the, the gate's not obviously not ideal. Um, she's a filly that will probably be, you know, midfield or worse than midfield anyway, so typically her pattern. But um, she's been going super. I thought her trial was very good. 
And if she can hit the line and you know finish top three, that'll give us great confidence going to the big one. Big money up for grabs in the English Millennium. And Sangrilla Express is the favourite or the second favourite. He was the favourite for a long time for the slipper before Storm Boy did what he did on the Gold Coast. But there's a strong argument to say that your son of Per and Canada was unlucky against him um, at Rose Hill last start. And he's gone for a break since. Are you happy with him? Yeah, he's a very good colt, this fella. Yeah. Um, I thought his run in Sydney was, was super and with a bit more luck, you know, he, he certainly would have gotten uh, you know, a little bit closer to Shangri-La Express. And we feel he's a better horse now. He's had that little bit of time to mature. Trials have been good. Work earlier in the week, super. And he heads up there today. I think the barrier is perfect. And, um, yeah, he's he's pretty good, I think. So yeah. I was expecting it to be hard to beat. Is he your best two-year-old? Um, he He's been the top of the tree for me for a very long time, I think. Yeah. So um, he's... He's performed well. He's been in probably two of the higher, higher rated two-year-old races of the year. You know that race, the Valley with Bold Bastille, rated highly. Yes. Obviously, Shangri La's rated highly. So, um, yeah, I would think. Um, you know, obviously, we've got we've got some fairly well-performed two-year-olds, and and he hasn't uh, won a race yet. But I think he's right up there. Yeah. Who's your best, Kelvin, on Saturday? Um, yeah, it's it's hard to split. You know. Ruta Royale and uh, V8, obviously two different races. And as I said earlier, it's hard to be too confident against, you know, seven-time Group One winner and a two-time Group One winner. And mm. but look, I think he's, I think he's that sort of horse. I think he's good enough to be racing against these horses, and hopefully, he's good enough to be beating them. But ten seconds. Any dirt on Henry Dewey? He's joining us after the nine o'clock news. He's always got something on you, so this is your chance to get him back, Calvin. I think it's his forty-fifth birthday okay. next week. All right, then. We appreciate that, Calvin. Good luck on the weekend, mate. Love your work. Thank you. Bye. There's Calvin McAvoy. This man is a star. He'd be a fellow out. His name's Henry DeWy, and he's got his superstar, Maris Fura. To me, he looks the good thing of the day there in the Rubiton Stakes at Caulfield, and that's including Mr. Brightside in the CFL Stakes. Henry, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Gareth. Um, how is your flying mare? Like 1,100 metres Caulfield against this field. It's If she's like she was last last preparation, I don't know how they beat her. Oh, look, you'd think so. And, and bar her last run when she was probably over the top, she's never really put in a bad run ever. Even when she's finished fourth, she's run really, really well. So she, she's one of those horses that generally turns up every time. And um, if she runs to her level, yeah, you'd like to think she can win a race like this, particularly given the, the weight scale where she's, you know, set weights and penalties. She gets 57. She's got less weight and not much more weight than horses that are 20 and 30 points below her. And when I've had a chat to you about this, this mare in the past, like the spring, there's probably only one real race for her in the spring, and that's the 1,000 metres. at the Moyo over 1,000 metres at the Valley, and she was defeated by the superstar Imperatrice on that occasion from a Group 1 point of view. Um, there's a few more options in the autumn. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so so the spring we you know chipped around the edges and raced in a couple of those Group Twos, the, the Caulfield Sprint, the Scalacci, those sort of races, and then the Grand Final was the the Moyer and just ran into Imperatrice at the absolute peak of her powers and actually gave her a run for her money. She looked the winner probably halfway down the straight and she just nabbed us late and probably beat us a length and a half or something. But our filly beat the others pretty easily and and they weren't slouches either. So. That was the spring, and the autumn's always been a bit um, kinder to her. So you've got the, the Oakley Plate and the, the Galaxy in Sydney. So um, they're her two options. You can go to the Lightning too, but the problem is they're only a week apart, the Oakley Plate and the Lightning. So you have to miss the Oakley Plate to go there, which isn't 
advantageous, especially when you don't want to take on Imperatrice again. So mm-hmm. anyway, that, that's her lot in life and the Oakley Plates her race. So just need a little warm-up on Saturday and hopefully she can win the $180,000 by having a warm-up and then go to the Oakley Plate with a full head of steam. Have you had a few phone calls regarding a quokka? Uh, yeah, yeah. We obviously did that trip last year. And as you yeah. know, it was a belter. It's a uh, bit of fun over there, but just probably doesn't suit us this year with the ambitions to head overseas. It's sort of, yep. we need to maybe run on the Oakley Plate and have, at absolute maximum have another one more run in the um, the Galaxy. Um, the, the Perth scenario is probably a, a month too late for us this year. So we'll um, yeah give her the Oakley Plate, make a decision on the Galaxy and then um, yeah pack our bags and hopefully head overseas, assuming she can win on Saturday and Maybe win the Oakley Plate. How's Irish Butterfly? Can he win in Adelaide? Yeah, he's good. He um, he's a, an older horse now, and he's got pretty one pace and dower. He might be looking for the, for the jumps. He'll probably turn up in a maiden hurdle at Warrnambool, I'd say. But in the meantime, he, he's going along well. He was you know let up and gave a show last time. Might have been beaten four or five lengths, but back in grade. And um, yeah, it's about his his right level now, so he, he'll be a chance. All right then, and then you've got a runner in the first race there at Mooney Valley on a Friday night, and. Uh, Moke's son that's making its debut. Mitchell Aiken rides, the son of Akeed Mofid. Um, what can you tell us about this galloper, who's, of course, um, is it a relation to his fura? Yeah, it's, his, it's her younger half-brother. Oh, there so you he, go. I thought so. She's a, um, a five-year-old, and there was no four-year-old. I mean, missed that year, and the three-year-old is Moke's son, and then we've got a two-year-old at home as well. He's a unnamed, soon-to-be gelding boy. I love the city. So this is the next cab off the rank. All right, then is he any good? Yeah, he's he's not as thorough, but he's a nice enough horse. He um he's had a couple of jump outs. He's he's probably a thousand eleven hundred meter horse like her. Um, he pings the gates, puts himself there. He's drawing a nice gate, so yeah, he he can sort of be competitive in a race like that. First up, he's probably a Saturday class horse, I'd say. Oh, that is exciting. Let's hope it's a big weekend for um, Golden Child, um, the mum of uh, Moke's son and his Fura on the, this weekend. So we appreciate the time, Henry, but we wish you the best of luck with the Fura especially. We love her, and um, I think this preparation, this is her prep to win a Group 1. Well, Gareth, there's going to be four, four or five opportunities for her over in Europe if she can't do it in the AQ plate. So fingers crossed she yeah. gets it somewhere. Unbelievable. You can get a junket. Like King Island, you've you, you, you established <laughs> one of the great weekends. and um, I know why you did that. Swan Hill's probably going to miss out this year um, because you'll be um, at Royal Ascot. Make sure you get your suit mm, nice. Don't know about that. We can probably make a make a trip back. Okay, Swan Hill, dash back from Royal Ascot. I might even still have the top hat and tails. But incidentally, yeah. we had... Uh, the proprietor of the Ultima Hotel down in King Island. Yes. Um, yeah, he's a, a great fella, and he um, had a couple of beers with him. He's a fine proprietor. Yes, he is. Shane Bennett we speak of, and his mate Perda. They're both going overseas to, I think, America for about um, 14 or 15 days. So good luck there, whoever. God uh, help America. Yeah, God help America. <laughs> good on you, Henry. Love your work. See you, J-Man. Yeah. Bye.